back. Um, Buddy, Buddy wants to make a PSA this morning, um, so we put it in the comments. Eggnog is bad. <laughs> that is Buddy's public service announcement. It's also true. Like, I find that to be true. I want to like it. I really want And I do, to an extent. Is like, eggnog I like Christmas is candy corn? It is. I really, I thought of that too. Just now, I thought of that too. Like I, every year, just like candy corn, every year I try it and I'm like, I'm going to like it. It's going to be so festive and tasty. And then it's a little not. No. It's just, no. Yeah. Mm -mm. I, I had it one time. I think when I first moved here, Pastor Nicole gave it to me. And I'm like, oh, this isn't bad. But she also filled up the cup with like this much water. So if the cup was this big, it was like, or water? water. Here's oh, this much eggnog. eggnog. So oh. if I drink this much a year, I'm really good. Some of them are better than others. Though. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I don't need a lot. Yeah. But I will say I'd prefer candy corn to eggnog. No, I, sure. I can't. I can't. I can't. For sure. Do you know what I'm doing right now? You're sharing. I'm the, I'm sharing the broadcast. Whoa! You're sharing, so you should share. Yeah. Go ahead and take this time while Marky's sharing, and you share the broadcast too, because someone you know needs to watch today. It's gonna be a good one. George, my husband, uh, has number one given eggnog two G's, so it's like extra gangster <laughs> eggnog is good. He says. Um, and then William says, what does nasty egg beverage even have to do with Christmas? Exactly. Exactly. I... Exactly. Oh, that wasn't good. That wasn't e it, Like, when we make EO groan, I feel like it's extra bad. Because EO, e Rachel's, we call Rachel EO. Rachel's jokes are sometimes down here. And when I make her groan... Not all. Some are super funny, but it, they're, they're like really. She like they're like they're the type of jokes that are just like ah. For example, I'll give you one. This is my standard Rachel joke all the time. What did the green grape say to the purple grape? What? What did he say, Barrett? Breathe. You get it? Because he was turning purple because he wasn't breathing. <laughs> you, you get it? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Buck just glared at me. He just uh. looked up and was like. It was, that's bad. That's really bad. Buddy says no one likes egg milk punch. <laughs> Except for Kevin Buck, who also says he likes it. Oh. Um, also, do you like that Marky and I once again followed instructions and wore bright colors? I told you yesterday. I told you I was wearing black today. And, and man, don't we just pop on camera? <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's laughing. She's like, breathe. Um, William, to the grape joke, says, how dare you bring such a cursed joke upon us? I, I am sorry. George, however, says, EO's jokes are awesome. George is laughing. George just put up basically the same comment that Rachel did. Oh, my God. George and Rachel have very similar senses of humor. Oh, my God. Okay, tell us where you're watching from. Yeah. We're just talking about eggnog and, and the grossness. Kevin Buck went on. On to Facebook to comment about our lack of color today. <laughs> the cameraman is commenting about our colors. <laughs> he just gave us the sassiest thumbs up behind the camera I've oh, ever seen. Are, you, are we not supposed to say that you're the cameraman? Oh, is that like a, a secret? What was awesome? What, what am I? What? Okay, question number know. one. Here we go. Let's just hop in. We haven't done an official question in two days. It's time. Um, I'm not. I'm not reading Buddy's joke. Um, what's a common saying that you don't understand or that you think is odd? What's a common saying that you don't understand or that you think is odd? Um, 
Pastor says throwing shade from behind the camera, going back to Kevin. Pastor enjoys that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, Buddy, Buddy is wanting to... That's Buddy throwing shade. Do you he like He just threw like shade on us and now he's clapping going like this. <laughs> that was funny. He said, that was funny. He's also like super enjoying himself. <laughs> like, man. <laughs> he has a very big smile on his face. Every so often, like, Buddy says something that really pleases himself. And that was, that was one that of those was, things. He's so happy that his face is a little red. Like, it's, it, it, it's a perma smile that comes out to here. <laughs> um, I was going to read, but oh, Kevin gave a good one. I could care less. It's supposed to be I couldn't care less, but no one does that. Um, but I, I think I could care less could work though. No, because it's if you're if you're saying it's you could, it I could I could not care less. So if you say I could care less, it it doesn't make sense. Or it's just a statement like you know what I could care less about puppies. I could do that. I That's a very different statement. <laughs> <laughs> That's very different. Um, so I, I need to. I, I meant to do this before this segment, and I forgot. I want to know where the saying that's the bee's knees came from who was the first person that thought you know what's that's really cool weird. bee's knees yeah or you know what's also <laughs> weird cool beans yeah cool beans is a weird one she's intentionally staring at buddy because buddy says it cool beans <laughs> i remember that was like a big thing like 15 years ago my mom used to say it all the time your mom said it my mom wow your mom your um, mom i didn't know mom's said it growing <laughs> i only thought that mom said it so really when i started hearing other people say it i'm like that just sounds like you're talking like an like an old person really i only heard kids at bible camp say it <laughs> <laughs> i'm not kidding yeah even even back then my mom would be like my mom would say cool beans and i'd be like no it's not cool don't wow. say it no yeah so cool beans is one um, Pastor Nicole says, I'm only human. Well, duh, I knew you weren't a dog. Stop making excuses. That is all. <laughs> um, Kevin says, when someone's in your way visually, people would say you make a better door than a window. Um, that's true. That is a weird, I understand that one, but it always makes me want to be a door. Like when that said, I want to become an even bigger door. Yeah, you want to become a wall. <laughs> Kevin behind the camera just went, <laughs> what? That was him becoming a bigger door. <laughs> it was a super aggressive move, though. <laughs> oh, man. Rachel said, did you hear about the fire at the circus? Are you about to tell a joke, or do people that you know say this? William has a... William's comment. It's making sense. Bee's knees was originally an 18th term for something that doesn't exist. It made a reprisal during Prohibition. I don't Did know. Did you just make that up? You I, mean eighteenth eighteenth century? Are you making that up, uh, William? I, I need I need more understanding than that. Buddy just put up the word yeet. I don't even know what that's I don't even know what that means. <laughs> It, Not it was, a saying. Ye is a saying. It's a say say. It's a say say. It's a saying. Sir. Um, Kevin Wiki says, can't get there from here. Yep, that's true. Also, or it could just be a statement. No, I can't get there from here. Like, there's no roads out of my house. Um, I've never heard that. Oh, I've Rachel's never heard that. telling jokes. Oh, my gosh. 
That was bad. I didn't hear it. I just saw the the punchline. It was, did you hear about the fire at the circus? It was intense. Oh. (laughs) That one was better than the grape one, though. It was better. That's true. <laughs> She's smiling really big when in the back. When she told the grape one, like this was like two, three years ago, when she told it for the first time, I, I did not understand. Me either. I didn't get it. And she laughed so hard. I was driving Rachel and Abby home from Carowinds, and Abby and I are just sitting there like, I, I, why is this funny? And yeah. she's hysterically yeah, laughing in like, the back of the car. When she first told me, she's like, wait a minute, you'll get it. And we waited for a <laughs> while, and I never got it. <laughs> uh, Buddy said that Rachel is her mother's daughter. Um, Kevin says Mike, Mike could. <laughs> I, I like Mike could. I, I find I've myself using it because it, it's just it's easier. I might, and I might be able to. Mike could. I might it's could easier. Do that. William is still helping me understand the bee's knees. The bee's knees was a way to keep people from being unnaturally optimistic, i.e., I'm going to win the lottery. Well, ain't that the bee's knees? So it's Wow. So it's counter-optimistic. It's not optimistic. So people use it now, like, to, to talk about things as though they're nice, but the origin of it is super sassy. That makes me like it even more. Oh my more. gosh. Like, now you can be like, you're the bee's knees. <laughs> Buddy is rebelling against the South, and he said a saying he doesn't understand is, my day was wide open. And I'm on board with Buddy. Here's why I agree. Here, here's why. is because in the South, wide open does not mean like, I had my day freely to do. It means... It was just a wide open day and so many things took place in it. Like it, 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 they couldn't even be scheduled because the Lord just took over and different it does, things. It still doesn't make sense. It, it really doesn't. Just embrace it and it'll make sense. Just embrace it. <laughs> no. It's like the movie Tenet. Just let it happen to you and then. Oh, that movie. Whew, have that you was seen rough. it yet? We talked about it a couple weeks ago. That have was you seen rough. It? I, 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 I watched it really late at night, too, so like I wanted to, I Googled it afterwards trying to figure it out, and it was too late. I couldn't process it. William says, wide open is the Swiss army knife of sayings. It means whatever you want. <laughs> um, That's Pr- true. Prilla said that the phrase puzzled her for years when she moved here. Arabella says it makes sense. I think it makes sense. Kevin Buck says it's a reference to throttle being wide open, going very fast. Kevin Buck, look at that. I've heard the throttle thing. That is the only thing that makes sense. Other than that, it doesn't make sense. I I think it makes sense. Pastor Nicole says, if you open this faucet wide open, all the water gushes instead of trickles. Ergo, wide open. It's really, though, like, you. it's really pushing this tiny, like, you guys are, like, going down this little rabbit trail trying to make it make sense. It just makes sense. Naturally, it doesn't make sense. Accept it. Okay. (laughs) NASCAR country. Oh, that's why. Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) I was waiting for it to make sense, but he made it make sense. Okay. Marky's just conceding that. I'm still not using it because I don't know anything about NASCAR, but okay. You're you're only in year one and a half of being here. Give it some time. You will. Okay. So will Buddy. Buddy will have a southern accent before it's all said and done, y'all. Number two. Let's put up a second question while we have a couple minutes. (laughs) If your pet could talk, what would be his or her catchphrase? You guys, did you think that the internet was done with random questions? I did, until I found this website. And the most random questions I could think of were there. 
Pastor Ryan says all those or in the morning, a wide open day can be completely open like a field. And, and that's, that's the one that makes the most sense. At the beginning of your day, wide open is free as a bird. In the middle of your day, it wide open is... It's free as a bird. Full, it means <laughs> full throttle. It means the free day as a bird. has just been free for Jesus. Um, George says it's like math. Just accept it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Abby says if Marie could talk, it, or Noel, frankly, um, Noel, it'd be love me. I literally love thought that. Me. That's exactly. I literally thought the words love me. It would be. That's. It would be. I. And not just love me though. It would be. I'm going to make you love me. It would. She's very aggressive in her. I'm gonna make you love me. Ah. Um, Pastor Cole says that Noel, the animal we're talking about, would say, hold me, feed me. And then the comment went away because they're coming in so fast. Love me some more, I think was the rest. Kevin Buck said, Gracie, how did I end up with this family? Oh, she loves y'all. <laughs> Nicole said, Ro or Pastor Nicole said, Rosie would say, get out of my face. That's true. <laughs> She's such a good cat. Dixie says, I'm hungry, is what her cat would say. Uh, JD said, yo quiero Taco Bell. Arabella says, I have a pet fish. So he would say, just keep swimming. <laughs> um, <laughs> Joni is still on wide open. You can't have a phrase that means two things. Oh, but you can. I'm with Joni. You know I'm what? Here's why you can. In the English language, the word there is spelled so many different ways. It means very different things. So wide open can be used for different things. If we spell it different, you guys can spell it different like I'll there. and then have your own. Own. Okay. Great. Done. <laughs> Uh, yes. Uh, Colleen said that hers would say, pet, pet, pet. Uh, food, pet. food, that's all my pets would say. Uh, <laughs> mine, mine would probably be scavenging for food because he is the size of an ottoman. Oh. I have a cat that is rotund. That, that's, that's <laughs> fancy for fat. He's a fat cat. Um, Pastor Nicole said, Rachel's fish would say, get out of my tank or I'll eat you. That's true, because it ate part of her other fish. Yeah, it, it did. It took a bite out of Their it. Their fish, though, okay, their fish watch you, and they follow you. I've never uh, seen a fish do that. Like, I, I, this morning, I'm not kidding, this morning I was testing it. This morning I was, like, moving on different sides of the tank, and it was, like, like, it's so weird. Were you there the other day? I, I don't think, I think it was just me and George and pastors. Pastor Brian put the two tanks close together because he wanted to see if they would start charging <gasps> at the bowl, like to get really? to one another. And, and they totally they started to like stare down. So we separated it real quick. Whoa. So that way they didn't like bludgeon themselves trying to get to each other. Oh my God. Predatory Paris is like legit. Oh like she'll, she'll kill somebody. Like I feel like, I feel like the beta fish would guard the house better than maybe Noelle. <laughs> Maybe. 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 <laughs> um, but that's family chat. These are the random questions that you need to kickstart your day. It's, it's true. And now we're heading into will it bake right? Uh, whoa, right? Whatever. Um, and I don't know what they're baking today, but it's going to be Marky and Buddy and Abby on will it bake whoa, right? Followed by a time of confessions and then Q&A with Buddy and Pastor. Where It's a two-parter. It's part two from last week. We're going to be talking about discernment today. I think, unless I'm wrong, and then I'm wrong. And then followed by, what's the word with pastors? Number four revelation that has changed his life forever. So that's what we have going on today. It's going to be a good one. Take the next couple seconds, share the broadcast if you haven't done it yet. And we're going to hop right into Will It Bake? We'll write.
welcome to What's Right Bakery. We have Buddy, and we have Abby, who is a lot taller than me. I'm sorry. Uh, an incredible amount taller than me. It's Are gonna. Nope. No, I'm not. I'm wearing. You're wearing she, flats. She's oh, wearing she's wearing flats. Shoes. Well, yep. welcome to our kitchen. Do you see our kitchen? It's we have a kitchen, and then look, we have this uh, other kitchen. Other kitchen. Thing. We the have thing. a kitchen in it's our kitchen. It's a kitchenette. Yeah, kitchenette. Yeah. Which is literally a little kitchen. Huh? Huh? Kitchenette. Good job. Today is going to be really good. I'm really excited. So we have holiday flavors, of course, because what, how could I? How could we do December without holiday? We couldn't. Uh, we couldn't. So we no. have holiday flavors. I want to get right into it, and I want you guys to participate and let me know how you're feeling about our choices because <laughs> sometimes they're good and sometimes they're a little interesting, but they, they do turn out good. But I want yep. I want you guys to participate. Let me know about our choices. If you guys have ideas and suggestions that you would like us to try, let us know. Comment, and I will see them. We will see them. We can see them right there. But anyway. <laughs> So today we have different flavors of gingerbread cookies. Yeah, yeah. Yay. Gingerbread oh. cookies. Huh. I didn't realize that the cake and cookie mix is the same. Interesting. Well, yeah, gingerbread cookies are very fluffy. Oh, anyway. I didn't know. Did you guys know that yeah. if you get a box, it's cake and cookie mix at the same? That's interesting. Okay. Anyway. We don't know. We've never made them before. So we have different flavored gingerbread cookies. Yeah. They're gonna be awesome. So first off, here. Do you want to open this? Why not? Okay. And we'll, and then we'll mix in. We'll get into our flavors. Do you want to announce what our huh? first flavor is for the gingerbread so, cookie? What's our first cookie? Our first cookie is something. All right. So picture this. You like gingerbread. Why are we? I, I, <laughs> I opened it box. like a Christmas present because I was in a Christmas mood. So I just, oh. I'm not going to open this one like a Christmas present. Though. I mean, go right ahead. There's powder inside. Just go, go right ahead. Oh no! I don't. It's been I'm a nervous. while since you've been on this segment, right? Yeah, that, it has. I think it has, I think been. It has been. So picture this. Okay, I'm picturing it. Picture this. Sicily, okay, 1984 or something. Okay, whatever. No, okay. It's a it's a TV reference. Never mind. Okay. I got well, this. So picture this. You want gingerbread for Kay. breakfast? Okay. <laughs> I'm having such a difficult time. Yeah. Billy said yeah, first so. time Marky's been in a kitchen. <laughs> That's rude, Billy. That's my sister. It's she gets away with that. You want, I don't, we've tried starting this like three times. We got um, a little hole. Oh, good Yay! job, good job, get it in there. I had to use my teeth. Picture, so. what am I Very picturing? Very sanitary. So picture this. Picture, you want gingerbread for breakfast. Okay. Sure. But you need it healthy. Gingerbread for so, breakfast. So we're doing peanut butter oh, gingerbread cookies. Oh. Will it work? I don't know, but we're hoping it will. I think for, it'll work. I think it could work if you like peanut butter. Yeah. If you like peanut butter. If you like peanut butter. Well, okay. Even if you like peanut butter. Peanut butter is one of those things that usually goes good with anything, but when yeah. it comes to gingerbread cookies, that's questionable. <laughs> yeah. All right, you want to pour in our okay. three tablespoons of butter. Okay, there's the butter. Okay. okay. Do you guys think that gingerbread cookies <laughs> and peanut butter will come out good? Yes or no? We uh, haven't tried them yet. This is all, we're all learning together. So cast your vote now. Comment yes or comment no for gingerbread and peanut butter. Yeah, oh, Pastor Nicole, yeah. She says yuck. Yuck. Uh, nope. <laughs> uh, Kevin Aww. said no. Really? I don't think it's going to be that bad. I do. Really? Mm -hmm. well, I like the peanut one. butter. I, I think it's going to be good. But that's the one I'm least spicy peanut excited butter. for. We oh. have two more flavors, guys. Priscilla says sure. 
Uh, Dixie said, yes, yummy peanut butter. <laughs> and Barry said, I think it'll be okay. Uh, Billy said, yeah. no, but this is your first time cooking, so I'll have mercy. Aww. Hey, guys, we just reached our 100th comment of the day. We did. Dixie Bell. Dixie congratulations. Bell. You are Good our 100th commenter of the day. That means you get a gift card on us. Yay. Well done, Dixie. Yay. It's okay. actually, so it's actually not Marky's first time in the kitchen because the first time, well, not really the first time, but one of the times that should absolutely count is Billy, your husband, Jose, gave Marky a recipe, and we were in the kitchen for like three hours. We were that. making plantains and stuff. <laughs> oh, Johnny true. said you should try molasses. So, That's a good suggestion. To, so what we're going to do is we're going to portion them out into three bowls to make the different flavors. Ooh. Okay. All right. Fancy. So then our next. Nice. We're not just dumping oh, it all in. Dixie no. said peanut butter is my favorite. See? I mean, we can. See, do you see this right now? Okay, so Dixie won her gift card by commenting and saying, yes, peanut butter will work. And then she got a gift card. You see that right there? That's favorite. You see that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I would like to try molasses. That's a good idea. What do you. Okay, if you have an idea of what something you think we could add to a. a Gingerbread cookie. Comment now. What is an ingredient that we could add that you think would be good? Johnny said molasses. What else think, do you guys think? I think butter. Yeah. Butter? Yes, because there's already butter in it. Because there's already butter, so just more butter. You, you don't you don't deviate from the uh, the recipe. Oh, way. so just more creamy. So I got some I'm peanut butter in there. I'm very much good with that plan. So there's peanut butter in this one, and then Marky, do you want to tell them our other two flavors? Yes. So while you guys are commenting what you think our another ingredient option would be that would work. Oh, Priscilla said banana. I'm going to show you what our other ingredients are. So our other ingredient is, if you saw it, you, you saw it and you know. Uh, it is Nesquik powder, of, of chocolate Nesquik powder. So it's uh, going to be... Why not Ovaltine? Because Oval, Nesquik what? is better than if, Ovaltine. But if we want to be Christmassy... You don't know what Ovaltine be is? Be sure to drink what? your Ovaltine. Did you, Ew, how did you never see the commercials for Ovaltine? So, so, no, I'm talking from the Christmas story. Because she's 18, okay. Uh, yeah. So Ovaltine was the like healthy Nesquik. Was healthy, yeah. I think. Nesquik is good for you. No, Look, it's not. It's, it's just, it's literally no. sugar. It's the just straight sugar. The bunny tells you there are vitamins in Ingredients, there. number one ingredient, sugar. <laughs> don't look at the ingredients, look at the healthy stuff. Look Very at the benefits. Oh. Pumpkin. Yeah. Oh, so you'd Total be like sugars, 11 grams, 23 grams. <laughs> not there, stop. Don't. It's healthy, guys. Barry said, Just trust me, it's healthy. Barry said pumpkin. That would be mixing fall and Christmas together. Priscilla said Granny Smith apples. Oh, interesting. You eat the peanut butter off of this? Okay. You guys are, okay. you're like, Whoa. you've been mixing okay. for like five minutes. A whole yeah, brick I'm sorry, of, guys. You've been mixing. <laughs> it's mixed. It's mixed. Make sure it's it's mixed. very, very mixed. Ah. <laughs> so we're going to have chocolate chin... <laughs> Did you see that? When oh we my tell gosh. you guys that this is a fancy kitchen, we're not lying. Oh my gosh. We, we get really fancy. It's <laughs> getting fancy. And then lastly, we have like latte powder. Latte powder. So you hear like gingerbread lattes all the time for yeah, Christmas. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. You put I've the gingerbread in yeah. the latte. Now we're putting the latte in the gingerbread. Oh. <laughs> Let's mix that fast, please. Okay. Okay. We've been well, mix that mixing one. Mix that one. for yeah. five Ready? minutes. Mix that one. There. Okay. All right. 
I want us to get done mixing so we can try these cookies because I'm yes. excited. Uh, I think I'm most excited yeah. to try the latte oh. cookie. All right, we, need to, we need to put them in the cookies on the tray. What are ah. you guys most right, excited? Scoop them out. What are you guys most excited to try? Are you most excited <laughs> to try? What is happening? That's the that's the Nesquik cookie. Oh my gosh! Wow, those are gonna be so dust. He's inhaling. He's inhaling. There's a cloud. A cloud of Nesquik dust. Barrett says it. Barrett said she is most excited to try the latte gingerbread. What are you guys? What do you think is gonna be the best? I. I'm I'm most excited about the latte. I think. This is great. I think yeah. they're beautiful looking. They are something. You see that? You see they're that? gorgeous. Oh okay. my gosh. Yes. Very. I'm just following the same that's pattern. What, that's the sound you want a cookie to make. See, here's the thing. You don't need parchment that. paper. You don't need to spray it down with cooking spray. No. Nope. Just lop it on there and you're good. Hi, Mom. And Mom says, hi, Murky. <laughs> Hello. I like how Welcome Bear just shouted from the background. The bakery. Your mom. Your mom. <laughs> All right. Okay, we're just. We we're are. Ready for the we're oven. ready. I am so ready to get into these cookies. Um, <laughs> Rachel said that chunk of butter sticking out of one is great. Uh, <laughs> see, see that gives you a really nice uh, buttery glaze on the uh, cookie. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. All right, we're yeah. waiting for the ding. We're waiting for the, the ding of the oven. It's oh, funny because the ding of our oven sounds just like Barrett's shouting ding. Billy said, I remember the days you guys tried food from Iraq. Is she talking about Williams International uh, Food? Oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> we had this international food segment where we would try food from other countries, and I think that's what Billy is talking about. What do we oh, need? look at these. Oh, no. um, these these look so good. Sure, that'll work. What are we doing? We're using this as, as a plate. As a plate? Okay. Well, the latte cookies, um, they cook together. So I'm trying to get, can you, but that has batter on it. Okay. Uh, which one are we trying first? All right. So let's try the peanut butter one. How about we try? We made that one first. Is that this? This yeah, is that this, one? This is the peanut, peanut butter one. one. Okay. Let's put nope. up a picture of the peanut butter gingerbread cookie. So. Look at that. <laughs> Which, yeah. <laughs> it looks good. That lighting is phenomenal. It looks good. What's funny is all of these cookies are different shades. They're different colors. They're Oops. different thicknesses and they're different They widths. are. They're very so, you know, different. They're all unique and we love them all like, equally. They're different colors and everything. Okay. I will not love them all Actually, equally after we eat yeah, them. Yeah, no, that's not true. That was a lie. Are you Sorry. ready to try the peanut butter yeah, gingerbread cookie? Yep, let's do I'm this. I'm ready. Let's try it. Huh. Huh, what's that? Huh. It's not huh. bad. Huh. Oh, it's not bad, is it? No, huh. it's not bad. Well, it's good. Well, it's good. Some, it actually some. is very, very fairly decent. Hey, look who was right. Dixie was right. Dixie, who got her gift card, was right. All of you who said that it would turn out well, you were right. It is very good. I'm surprised. By it tastes time. like a That's peanut butter sweet. cookie with some gingerbread flavor. Mm -hmm. It's it's very That's chewy, good. and it gets stuck to the roof of your mouth, much like well, the peanut, peanut butter, butter is yeah. rich. It's um, very rich. You it, definitely want some mm -hmm. milk with it. Yeah, yeah it's milk like, would milk would make it great. I'd eat this. I'm, I would genuinely eat this. Like it's I'm just, not, I'm not kidding. I would genuinely eat this. It's just Christmas. Uh, it's just Christmas peanut butter. Cookies. It's really so, good. 
Okay. Okay. So all yes. in all, yes. Yes, it worked. Yeah. yeah. The peanut butter and the ginger red totally worked. I would eat this for sure. Okay. Let's oh, do. Sure. So you guys can try that at home if you would like. Let's do the chocolate next. Okay. Okay. I'll split this one with you. Okay. Chocolate and gingerbread. Will it bake right? Did it bake right? What yes, do you guys think? Okay. I'm trying it right now. Ooh. <laughs> I like it. Ooh. <laughs> mm. um, this one's a lot thinner. This is really a thin is. cookie, but I like it. Yeah. It's nice. Um, it's kind of like a ginger crinkle where it's really thin and nice. I don't know I don't, what a ginger crinkle is. Either. I like it a lot. But no, this is actually really good. Okay. This is really good. Yeah. Guys, this is like, this has been such a good segment of these gingerbread it cookies. It is. Mm -hmm. They're tasting really good. So if you thought that the gingerbread and the chocolate would work, you were right. You're right. All right, let's move on. Our very, very last one, the one that we're most excited about, is the gingerbread <laughs> latte. Sure. They the one that together. we're all excited the, about, right, buddy? I'm very excited about <laughs> it. Okay, let's okay. put up a picture of the gingerbread and the latte. Hey, it looks... It, it, it looks, looks like... Like wheat pancakes. <laughs> I, I think it's going to taste good, though. Is this part I of think, it? Is yeah, that, sure. You, like, yeah, broke I just, I just broke okay. off whatever I could. Will right. the gingerbread and the latte work? Yes or no? Comment now as we're finding out. Um, um, the texture is a little different. Um, Everything is a little different. Um, Ew. No. I like the flavor. Nope. <laughs> Billy said that cookie needs some lotion. <laughs> <laughs> Abby's face says it all. Oh, my dad said, "Have a chew, no. have I a chew for me." It. Ah, uh -huh. yeah, those flavors don't go well together. It's. I don't think the flavor is good. It's just. It's. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so, are you sure about that? <laughs> it's great. It's great. <laughs> it's not bad. Uh. It just gives you the symptoms of like thirty years of smoking, <laughs> but you know, it's not that bad at all. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just really rich. <laughs> it was really it sweet. It's, it's, it's a flavor. It's, yeah. it's a flavor With bomb. a little yeah. less of, the, <laughs> of with a little less of the latte stuff in it, Which it is would be good. The whole thing. Apparently, it's the whole thing. If you take out less, I promise you that would be a good cookie with less of it. Sure, it would. It would yeah. be good. Ooh, Johnny said you should do espresso ginger cookies. <gasps> No. That's <laughs> I don't oh, expect that goodness. to taste much different than this. Barrett <laughs> said Murky's eyes are watering, but no, the cookie is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm boxing up our gingerbread cookies. Oh my goodness. That's wise. Um, yeah, yeah Pastor Cole said it's leave. a whole lot of latte. Yum. Ah. These were honestly, these were really, these were really good. They really were. Just a little less of the latte powder, and that would have been, yep. that would have been good. Sure. Yep. So overall, did, overall, did the did the gingerbread things work? Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. yeah. The last they one were, wasn't good. I will genuinely eat these. You guys cool. can act, like sincerely, you can make these at home. They're very yeah. good. Yep. So I think it was a success. Today was a success. Thank you for. Helping with this, Abby. Of Abby course. helped bake the cookies. Well yep. it, she did yep. very well. I mean, we well. all baked them. All I mean, together. we all baked them right Just here. Just right live. now, you watched We all us. did. If you guys have anything <laughs> that you would like us to see, uh, us to bake, 
Comment now, let us know anything gingerbread or Christmas related, like next yeah. week. Is there something you guys want us to make next week? Comment now, let us know. And we are going into confessions right now. It's going to be awesome. Get ready and make sure to share the broadcast. We'll see you in just a second. We love you. feelings about putting my arms on the table. Number one, because my arms blend in with the table. Again, because I'm so bright today. But number two, because the remnants of the powder that was in Marky's throat as she coughed, it, it came onto the table. So if my arms just hover today, there are reasons. <laughs> Welcome to Confessions, guys. We're super excited to be able to speak the word of God to you and with you because God has given us such a great gift with his word. You know, his word, he tells us in Isaiah 55 verse 11 that his word accomplishes what we send it to do. It will not return void. You know, I was talking to Kevin Buck right before the broadcast started, and the word of God is precise and specific. God says what he means, and he means what he says. He wouldn't just make an idle statement. So when he says that the word goes forth and accomplishes what he sent it to do, that means that if we purpose in our hearts to send the word with intentionality, it has to accomplish what we send it to do. And these confessions today, they are taken right from the word of God. They're not idle words that we just dreamed up to make some fun sayings. No, they're coming straight from scripture today. So when we make these confessions together, truly put on some faith, put on some hope in God's word, because God is not a liar. He is faithful. He is ready to perform the word. And he watches over his word with intentionality. Exactly what evangelist Mark Dumphy just put in the comments. He is an intentional God. So let's say this together. You can put it in the comments as we uh, put it on the screen. Join your faith with mine. Join your voice with mine. And let's say today confession together. Confession number five. Say it with me. We walk in the fullness of faith, hope, and love. We win souls. We love righteousness, hate sin, walk in holiness, and are anointed by God. Lord, I thank you for every viewer today. Lord, thank you that they walk in the fullness of faith, 
hope and love. Jesus, I ask that you give a refreshing hope to every viewer today. Let hope fall on them now. As they watch the remainder of this broadcast, let hope start to rise up in them. Let a spirit of hope, let a garment of praise fall on them in their homes. Let viewers laugh today as they haven't laughed in weeks. Let a spirit of joy come upon them. Let a spirit of hope come upon them. Let a spirit of faith come upon them and a spirit of love. Lord, thank you that today our viewers, Lord, open our eyes to see opportunity that you are placing in front of us to lead people to you. God, that's your greatest mandate that you have given to us here in this earth during this time is to lead people to you, that we are ministers of reconciliation, that we bridge the gap just like Jesus did between the lost and the one who came to save Lord, open our eyes that we would see opportunities to lead people to you. Lord, thank you that we walk in holiness today. Give us a spiritual distaste for sin. Lord, anytime sin or any antichrist thing tries to come near us, Lord, give us a distaste and help us flee from youthful lust and into the holiness of God. Lord, thank you. Thank you that righteousness is the scepter of the kingdom. We rule, we reign, and we are seated at the right hand of the Father, and we reign with righteousness that has been given to us through Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for it. We love you. We praise you. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, guys, this has been Confessions. We're so excited to have you with us. And now we're going to hand it over to Pastor and Buddy when we have part two of our Q&A time from last week. We're talking about discernment. It's going to be a powerful one. Get your, get your thinkers ready, and I'm going to hand it over to the guys. Pastor Buddy, over to you. Hey guys, welcome to Q and A. Uh, this is the part of the show where we answer your questions. <laughs> what? This is the part of the show where I say that a lot, don't I? It, you do, but it always makes me laugh because I go straight to Veggie Tales. I know. <laughs> like in my brain, I think that every time too, and I just hope no one else thinks that. <laughs> I think it every time. So yeah. That should okay, make maybe. You happy. <laughs> maybe I should come up with a different phrase. This is where we. Answer your questions. It doesn't come questions as natural. Questions and answers. Yes. Um, I, I like it. I think it's good, but okay. it makes me think that every time. So, so should I keep saying it? Or should, oh. I guess we'll find out. All right. You know, use, use discernment. Use, oh, okay. Well, funny you would mention that. What? Today we're talking about what is the gift of discernment of spirits. Or, no way. Yahweh. Wow. Wow, wow, Yahweh, wow. yeah. <laughs> so guys, uh, so today we are going to be answering a question that was sent in by one of our viewers. And guys, if you have any questions about God, the Bible, life, Christianity, any, any of those things, 
feel free to send those questions to us. You can put it in the comments, send us a message, or you can go to whatsright.org and send us a message there. Amen. Yeah. Hey, um, hey, JD. He said, hey, guys. Good to see you, man. Love you. Love you, too. All right. So today, as we already mentioned, we are going to be answering the question, what is the gift? We, we talked about last time. <laughs> I, I didn't know what that meant. Uh, oh, what doing, is the this gift? This is what we're doing today. Oh, what is Here the gift is. of discernment of spirits? Yeah. We talked about last time what is discernment, and now we're going to be kind of continuing that with talking yes. about the specific gift of discernment of spirits that Paul talks about. Yeah, because just regular discernment and the gift of discernment is totally different. Yeah. Um, and what we talked about with discernment, we talked about last time about judging things. And a lot of people think that we're not supposed to judge things, and that's actually incorrect. Actually, a friend of mine, uh, Pastor Oscar Carmona, put something on the web or on his story the other day about that. Uh, we actually are called to judge. What we're not called to do is to condemn or sentence, you know. Um, but we do need to discern between what is right and what is wrong. The Bible tells us to do that, yeah. and uh, he tells us very clearly. And so how does he tell us to do that? One of the things that we looked at a couple weeks ago was you look at the fruit. You look at the fruit, and the fruit will tell you what's going on in that way. But then you have the gift of discernment. So if you, you, know, you want to hear about you know, discernment, definitely go back uh, two Thursdays ago. Last Thursday was Thanksgiving, but two Thursdays ago we answered part one of this. Yeah. Go back and listen to that. And uh, Buddy and I are sitting here, and, and we went over that. Mm -hmm. But today we want to talk about the gift of discernment. So when you look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, looking at verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. Another translation says, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual things, mm -hmm. right? I don't want yeah. you to be ignorant about those. And um, because... Uh, what it literally says in the original language is now concerning spirituals, I don't want you ignorant or unaware. Mm -hmm. So that means that you and I, we, we should go after, you know, studying the word, rightly dividing the word of truth, yeah. and don't be ignorant in spiritual things, but be well acquainted with it, be very knowledgeable about those things. Yeah. And so then you go on down to verse 7, it says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, this is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So a lot of people call these spiritual gifts um, because of what was in verse 1. But an even better and more biblical definition of this is the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. All right, And that tells us right there that this is beyond... Uh, worldly, natural things, okay? Mm -hmm. And so let me, let me just read this to you. So it says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, one of the things is you can tell from the gifts of the Spirit, they are meant for, God, for good. Mm -hmm. They're not evil. It's not a demon working through somebody. This is, no, that's actually close to blasphemy when you say that, right? Yeah. This is the Holy Spirit working in somebody to bring about good. And he says he'll give, the, give these gifts to every one of yeah. the body of Christ. Yeah. So to every, every person in the body of Christ, you can operate in the manifestation or the gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. And here they are, verse 8. For to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, another a word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, 
And those are, those are simply knowing something that you should not know naturally, uh, a, a knowledge about it or a wisdom on how to apply it. And then it says, verse uh, 9, to another faith by the same spirit. Now you see this, that it's constantly saying by the same spirit. Mm-hmm. This is, in other words, he's indicating here uh, that these are moves by the Holy Ghost. Yeah. These are not... Uh, and and it goes on later and says you can actually, this is one thing you can covet. Mm-hmm. So if you desire this, then covet it, mm-hmm. right? Pray for it. You can believe God to operate in more of the gifts. It says covet the best ones. Which one's the best one? The one that you need at that moment yeah. is the best one. So covet that the gifts will be working in you when you need them. Like yeah. pray. I'm believing constantly for the gifts to be in manifestation. Yeah. Matter of fact, just the other week, I, I was really praying, Lord, I want the gift of miracles in operation. That Sunday, we had four miracles, right? Yeah. So that was, I was coveting that, praying for that. Mm-hmm. That Sunday we had, I was getting ready to leave. The Lord stops me. He gives me a gift and we, and we have a miracle. Actually, I, it was a piece of the discerning of spirits, which I'll talk about, but yeah. you had. Well, I mean, just by him saying constantly by the same spirit, by the same spirit, by the same spirit, all these different gifts or all these different manifestations, yes. he's literally saying they're not separate. So like, yes. you know, like it's not just one person has this, one person yes. has this. One, no, it's all the same spirit. Just it's just an operation because it says he distributes it as he wills. Yes. So it's not just like it's not just like well, this person has discernment spirits, this person has that. No, it's all the same spirit. Yes. in yes. manifestation in everyone. So yes. And, so. Yes, and, and so people get hung up on to the one, mm-hmm. and what they don't realize is he's giving each part of the body what they need to be a whole, but it's not like one for all time necessarily, yeah. although we can have giftings in that yeah. and have things that we operate in on a more regular basis. Just yeah. like he gave us a talent or a skill, we may operate in some of these, but I in, it, when he told me I can covet, the best gifts. Yeah. That means he's opened up all of the nine gifts to me and said, you can believe for any of them. Yeah. And that opens them all up to me when he says that. So, you know, uh, in his authority and, and legally, that's what he does. Yeah. So let's look at the rest of these. He says, to another uh, faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by one spirit, to another the effecting of miracles or the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to the another the distinguishing or discerning of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, but one and the same spirit works all these things, mm. distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Mm. So if we will covet those gifts, he, he'll say, hey, this person, it, it's an act of faith. In other words, when we put faith and desire for these gifts, God, remember, God's not a respecter person, but he is a respecter of faith. Mm-hmm. So when he says, okay, this guy's, this guy is, you know, desiring and putting faith into the working of miracles, give him, I'm going to distribute the working of miracles to him today. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy's wanting discerning of spirits, give him discerning of spirits, you know. Mm-hmm. So as we believe, we can open up by faith these things, but ultimately, and then watch this. This is the difference between the gift of discernment and regular discernment. All right. Ultimately, this is a supernatural work. This is not natural. And that it comes from the Holy Ghost. This is a supernatural work. Whereas 
discernment, I can look at the fruit of your life and in worldly logic, I can discern. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a natural act. It's an earthly act. Mm-hmm. I can look at that and I can discern the fruit of it. I can look at something and discern. Mm-hmm. That's natural. Discerning of spirits as the gift or the manifestation of the Holy Ghost is a supernatural act. And it's a supernatural work by the Holy Spirit, a manifestation of himself in a believer. Okay, And so discerning of spirits, you know, I used to think that discerning of spirits would mean that I'm standing in front of somebody and all of a sudden I'll just have a knowing that the... Uh, they have the gift, or, or excuse me, they have a you know a religious spirit or a spirit of lying, or you know they have a spirit of fear, right? I, I thought I would just know what that is, but truthfully, that is more an operation of a word of knowledge. Okay, that's that's me having supernatural knowledge. That's not necessarily discerning of spirits. Remember, discerning the gift of discerning of spirits is. Supernatural, and, and I guess you could qualify that as discerning of spirits, in, but on a lower level. But there's a higher level of discerning of spirits. So let me point you, you can go and look it up, to the Mount of Tra- Transfiguration. And what happened? Jesus took, uh, you know, Peter, uh, he, he took those guys up there on the mountain, and all of a sudden they see Moses, they see Elijah, they see Jesus in the Spirit. That's why he became like that. They're, they saw with their physical eyes supernaturally into the spirit. Yeah. The, what were they seeing? They were, they were operating in discerning of spirits right at that moment. And the truth is probably not because they had it. A lot of times if you're around somebody that is, uh, you know, like a spiritual leader in your life that has some authority in your life, there will be an impartation of their gift when you're around. You'll have a part of that gift when you're around them. A lot of times with Brother Hagen, things would happen when he was there, then he'd go away and they'd stop happening in that, in that area. Uh, you know, the other day I'm sitting there and we're talking about finances and your hands start to, you start to feel the anointing in your hand, which is something that I'll have on a regular basis. And that was an impartation because you're around, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so discerning, so they're sitting up there on the mountain and they probably are operating discerning of spirits because of Jesus' anointing and his impartation, but still they operated in it. Another example of it is when Elisha has his uh, helper, has his assistant, and the city's surrounded, and he says, Lord, open his eyes that he might see. There's more with us than are with them. And the servant's eyes open up and he sees thousands of angels in the hills surrounding and yeah. and uh, he was comforted that was seeing with his physical eyes into the mm-hmm. spirit realm in other words you actually see it so for me i've had it operate multiple times you know one time i was around brother tracy who's like a, a spiritual father to me and he operates in this quite a lot mm-hmm. and uh, this first time it ever opened up to me and I'm sitting there, we prayed for a guy that had cancer. The guy's laying on the ground, and if I'm looking at him, he looked like, um, he looked like the sepia tone, like the, almost the black and white with the brownish tint to him. That's the way he looked. And then all of a sudden, it's like I saw in the spirit a sheet. Now I'm looking with my eyes, with my physical eyes. I saw like a sheet come up and out of him. And when I was looking at him after that happened, he looked in full color. 
So it wasn't sepia anymore. And instantly I knew, I knew in my spirit instantly that spirit of death was on him and left, right? And what I was doing was discerning of spirit. So remember any of these gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, they are a supernatural work, not a natural work. This is not natural logic. This is not an operation of the soul, the mind, will, and emotion. This is a supernatural work of the spirit. And so that's discerning of spirits is seeing into the spiritual realm. And it is a true gift. So one of the ways to discern if it's discerning of spirits, you know, one of the ways to discern that is to you have to recognize this is supernatural. Yeah. You know, this is not something that would happen. It's not just logic. It's not that. No, it's a supernatural work. Um, now, a lot of, I think a lot of times people will think it's discerning spirits and what they really have is word of knowledge. They just have a word of knowledge that that's yeah. there. Or, you know, I can see, for example, uh, when I've dealt with the demonic and with demons, I become very, you know, tuned in to that. And I've noticed over a period of years that certain people that have a demonic oppression, they'll carry certain traits physically in their body. They'll take on the root spiritually will produce a fruit in their flesh. And I can literally just see with logic that looks like somebody who's oppressed because there's certain physical characteristics that they have. But see, that's not discerning of spirits. That's just experience, yeah. right? And so I can, the, the, now this would be an error for me, is if I see something physically and then I try to say that the Lord showed me or I had discerning of spirits. In other words, I tried to take something that was natural and attach a supernatural tag to it. I don't need to do that. That's operating in the, the soulish realm, and that's a dangerous thing to do. I don't want to do that. I want to recognize, no, I just recognize it. You know, that's just experience. That's not necessarily God telling me. It's Him maybe helping me, but that's not a working of the discerning of spirits, or that's not even a working of the word of knowledge. You know, that's simply... Um, just me having experience, and I believe it is. But see, you can see something like that and think that it's supernatural, and you can actually get in trouble because you start operating by logic. For example, if I'm in the middle of the service and I see you know, what looks like the anointing get on somebody, and I'm like, hey, that's the Holy Ghost all over you. Well, did God tell me that, or did I discern that simply through a natural means of looking at them and seeing them laughing? Well, if God didn't say it, I'm speaking wrongly, right? I'm, I'm saying things I shouldn't say. And uh, the truth is that person just could be, they could be laughing because they think uh, this preaching is foolishness. And now I've spoken something for God that I shouldn't have said. And I, you get in the soulish realm. You don't want to do that. So, yeah. amen. That's so that's the discerning of spirits, the gift of discerning of spirits, and I hope that answers the question. Yeah. So guys, if you have any more questions, you know, it can be in this vein of, of things or just any uh, on anything, feel free to send us your questions because we want to answer your questions yeah. on the broadcast. Uh, but now it's time. <laughs> For silly songs with Larry. <laughs> I just did it again. <laughs> But now, now we're going to be transitioning into what's the word. We have a powerful word today Amen. for you today. We're going to be talking about how to flow in supernatural abundance. And it's going to be powerful. So take these next few seconds, like and share the broadcast, and we'll see you right there for what's the word. Amen.
Hey guys, welcome to What's the Word? Who is online with me? I want to see, and uh, we just praise God for you. I like our background. It looks all oh, this uh, studious. <laughs> it looks so studious. I look like I, I know what I'm talking about. Amen. <laughs> if you're online, tell me uh, where you're watching from. Who's online? Glory to God. Look, it's me. Oh, wrong side. Look, it's me. It's Brian. Amen. <laughs> we just welcome you. We're going to talk about another revelation today. And uh, while you're putting in where you're watching from, Lisa's watching from work. Johnny's there. Hello. Uh, J.D. Campbell, good to see you, man. I love you. Jose, hello. Good to see you, Miss Dixie. I saw you won the card earlier. Miss Dixie, that's awesome. J.D., you're still in the hospital, but you're coming out soon in the name of Jesus. You receive that right there in that, right there in that hospital room. You receive the power of God and the anointing flowing into your body. I know you're sensing it right now. Just say, Lord, I receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Kevin's watching from the cab of the truck. Colton Clinton, North Carolina. Hey, Colton. Julie from home. Hello, Miss Julie. Deb from her basement office. Hello. And uh, Priscilla from the sound booth. Right back there. And then uh, you're welcome, Miss Dixie. Amen. Who else is watching? If you haven't shared the broadcast already, share the broadcast. This is going to be a good one. How many people would like for it to be easier in your finances and to have a better supply than you've had? Buddy says, I'm watching on your left. <laughs> Natalie from Gold Hill. Miss Barrett, hello, sir. Watching from the same room you're in, but 50 feet away. Not like a creeper, though. Thank you. Thank you for that. I guess that's all about the attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on what attitude you're watching with. Yeah. Thanks for not being putting on the creeper one. Yeah. That's good. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So what we did was um, just to tell you why we're doing this, we're having a week of five life revelations. And I was so excited to have these because uh, I realized the Lord really gave me some revelations that have changed our life. And since we got these revelations, you know, the blessings of the Lord, they just keep going up. It's just been awesome. And uh, I've just been praising God for what he's doing. Uh, but they're not meant, you know, to whom much is given, much is, uh, much is required. Hey, Joni, good to see you. And uh, to whom much is given, much is required. And that means that I don't need to just take these revelations and stick them in my back pocket. And Nicole and I live by them and not share them with anybody else. And uh, we had a situation where my nephew uh, was turning 12 and entering into those teenage years, moving towards manhood. And uh, one of the things, uh, I was asked to say something to him. And I just was praying. I don't want to say anything that the Lord hasn't told me to say. And while I was praying, the Lord said, I want you to take the top five revelations that I have given you in your life, and I want you to give them to him at 12. And uh, so I wrote down the basics of those and handed them to him and told him about them. 
And uh, so, but after I did that, the Lord said, I want you to share this. I want you to take a week of lunch plus on what's the word and share each one. So on Monday, we shared what I called the most important revelation you can ever have. And it's talking about the intimate fellowship with God, what Jesus actually did and what he led us into uh, in a reset fellowship. And if you haven't heard it, you've got to go back and listen to it. It will change. All of these, every single day is a life-changing thing. And these are the things that took our life to another level. And they're continuing to let the blessings pile on each other. Uh, And then uh, on Tuesday, we talked about trust and triumph. We always win and how to do it, right? And then yesterday, uh, yesterday we, we talked about how much we need to operate in, oh, oh gracious, it let me, left me here. Hold on one second. Yesterday we talked about how much we need to operate in easy and light. And, and the revelation of that, and did any of y'all get something out of it yesterday? I mean, did you, it changed as soon as we were done, like everybody crowded around here and all of a sudden people were like, man, I saw something I've never seen before. I see how we can operate in easy and light and not hard and heavy and how we're called to do it. And even though we'll go through challenges, they won't be a challenge to me. And that goes back to some of our confessions. Uh, one of them, the last one being the struggle is over. And you see that the struggle is over. And uh, so then today we're talking about how to move into abundance, how to move into supernatural abundance. And uh, why would God want you to have supernatural abundance? Well, number one, he just loves you. So let's let's go to third John. Let's go to third John chapter one. If you can find another chapter in third John, I'll be impressed or call you a hypocrite because they're in one. All right. Third John chapter one and verse two. And what I want you to see here on this is that this is the Holy Spirit speaking to his body that he loves so much. Third John chapter one and verse two, beloved. So who's he talking to? He's talking to anybody that he calls beloved, anybody that's in his family. He's even talking to the people who aren't in his family now but will be in his family. He's talking to anyone that will be a part of his family. He says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. I pray that you will what? Prosper, one, Two, be in good health as your soul prospers. So as we give ourselves to the washing of the water of the word, he says, as your mind is reset on me and on my things, then you will move to a place where I'm praying and I'm believing and I want you to have it, beloved, by the Holy Ghost, that you will prosper and be in health. Now, what is this prosperity and health? Is it simply talking about the physical prosperity, finances, or is it simply talking about a physical health? 
No, it's talking about a prosperity and a health in every area of life. This is why it's good news. He's talking about every area of life, every single one of them. He wants us prosper, prospering and in good health everywhere, all the time. That's his will for us. But the truth is many of us don't know it and many of us haven't walked in it. And so we didn't know to even put faith on it. And that's why we haven't had certain things. Uh, but God wants us to have these things all the time. This is the heart of God. Some people say, well, I don't know if God wants me uh, to be wealthy, you know. All right, well, we're going to look at that. Some people would say, well, I have enough for me. Uh, you know, uh, there's a statement, my four and no more. In other words, uh, my bills are paid. I've got enough money to do what I want. And, uh, you know, I, we have a nice life. And so what they do is they get to that place of comfort and then they stop their faith. And the Bible tells us that a lack of faith is sin. You know, it, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So do they have enough faith to believe God for prosperity in every area? They do, but they stop their faith. In other words, and then you go back to his principle that he says, to whom much is given, much is required. It actually becomes, if I have faith, then I'm not going to apply for the abundance that God tells me to, to believe for, that he wants me to walk in. I, that's a very selfish act. It's actually more selfish than somebody, you know, who's sitting there and they don't have anything and they, you know, they're actually just being selfish in uh, their thought processes because God gave them the ability and they're not utilizing it. It's like the parable of the talents where they take the ability that God gave them and they bury it. They take that talent, that money, and they bury it. He says, look, if you're given much, much is required. God's looking for something to come out of your faith. And here's the question. How much have you been given? Every person's been given the measure of faith, but every single one of us has been given Jesus to take what we have and multiply it. Remember in the garden, it said this. It said, be fruitful and multiply. In other words, even in the garden, from the beginning of time on the earth, God's mission to his body was be fruitful and multiply, increase. In other words, do not sit still. Do not sit still. Yeah, Buddy put up a statement that people uh, say, God supplies our needs, but not our wants. Okay. Uh, have you ever heard of the 23rd Psalm? You know, 23rd Psalm. Let's go there real quick. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not what? Put it in the comments. I shall not want. I shall not want. See, we have these statements that we talked about them yesterday. We have these statements that the world has taught us and we've accepted them because it felt good to our flesh. But it is not what God says. He says, I'll give you the desires of your heart, not the needs of your heart, the desires of your heart. All right. Now, let's look somewhere else. I want to show you several verses while we're in the Old Testament. Go back to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 8. You see, we need to renew our mind to the word. True humility 
is humbling ourselves to what God said and his ways, not what we think and what other people say. And even if I say it, if I say it and it's contrary to this word, I don't want you to listen to it, right? You need to check that for yourself. My job is to not tell you anything that's not in this word, but let's say one day I just get called up and I say something that I've heard all my life and, and it wasn't actually in the word. You need to see that for yourself. Study what I say. Hear, see if it's the Lord like the Bereans in Acts chapter 17 around verse 11. They were more noble than they are than them all because they would go and take the word that was preached and study to see if it was so. And so here's the thing. We need to let the word change us. And true humility is submitting ourselves, our thoughts, our actions to what God has said, not just what we've been taught. Many people are destroyed because they're living off of what a corrupted world taught them. Put that in the comments. Many people are destroyed because they have been living off the teaching of a corrupted world. Many people are, have been destroyed because they've been living off of the teaching of a corrupted world. Many people have been destroyed because they've been living off of a teaching of a corrupted world. All right, Deuteronomy 8.18. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who is giving you power to make wealth that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Now, remember in the beginning of this, it says, you shall remember the Lord your God. There's a verse that tells us uh, that we are not to forget any of the benefits of God. What does that mean? That means we need to be putting his benefits, meditating on his promises every day. And even right here, he's telling, don't forget who the Lord is. Deuteronomy 8.18, don't forget who he is. He's a God who loves you, who wants the best for you, who wants above all things for you to prosper and be in health. And don't forget this. And also don't forget this. He's the one who's given you the power to get wealth, right? And why is he doing it? To confirm his covenant. So you have two reasons that God wants you blessed. Two reasons that God wants you prosperous. Number one, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you and he wants the best for you. That's what love does. It desires the best for the person, uh, for the item of that affection, for the person of that affection. Second thing is he loves other people. One is he loves you individually. Two, he loves all people. And he says, look, I'm going to give you the power to get wealth so that you can help take my covenant and take my love to everybody else. So because of his love for you and for other people, he wants you to operate in a wealth and he'll give you the power to do it. All right, let's look here. Let's go to Proverbs 10, 22. Proverbs 10, 22. These are just some basics before I get into the revelation because you have to see this. You have to have something to stand on. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22. It says this, it is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. It's the blessing of the Lord that what makes rich. In other words, if God then, watch this, if God then 
wanted you to be poor, he would be coming against himself and a house divided shall not stand. He's not the one who takes away, right? Job said that wrongly and he goes back and he corrects it. He said, I've said many things wrong about you. But Job said the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. He didn't know what he was talking about. But we see that God's not the one who takes away the thief in in John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, and Jesus was the exact representation of God, of the Father. He says, but I have come to give, to give you life to the full in abundance. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God is the one who gives power to get wealth. God is the one who blesses you to get rich. If he then wanted you to be poor, to to teach you a lesson, he would be literally casting himself out, casting the blessing out of your life. He doesn't cast himself out because that's not his character. That's not his nature. Amen. All right, so now let's go and let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 9. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. So now when we see these things, we start to build a foundation of what God has for us and what he wants for us. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9. All right. And it it says this, for, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor so that you through his poverty might be might become rich. Now, what I want you to see here is that his grace, there was a grace that was given to Jesus that empowered him to become poor. And there was a grace given to you that empowers you to become rich. In other words, he could go through the cross. He had a grace to go through that cross so that you would have a grace to go to the abundance, the power to get wealth, the power to be to be rich because of this. Now, again, I am not just talking about of financial richness, of financial wealth. Am I talking about financial wealth? Yes. But am I only talking about that? No. You need to be rich in your mind. You need to be healthy in your mind. And this is what God wants. He is given us the power to be wealthy in every area of life and to move and hear this word. I want you to key in on this word, abundance. He wants you, remember John 10, 10. Let's go there. So Jesus on the cross, you can go ahead and turn to John 10, 10. Jesus on the cross was actually coming to the cross. He was rich in every area of life. You know, uh, just looking at the cross. Listen, they don't, they don't gamble for garments that are, that come from Walmart. They don't gamble for garments. That come, that come from uh, a, a low quality place. They don't gamble for that. But they took the garments of Jesus and they said, no, we're not ripping this up. This thing's too costly. Right. And it showed just how much he was worth. Uh, many people think that he doesn't have a house. He actually did have a house. He said, where do you live? Where, you know, basically, where's your house? He said, come on, I'll show you. And then they stayed there. A lot of people stayed there. He had, he had a place in Capernaum 
and uh, that was the seed of his ministry. Uh, you see that even uh, when he was born and he came into the world, immediately God sends wise men and brings him gold, frankincense, and myrrh, some of the most wealthy things. Then they go down to Egypt. They have everything that they need, everything supplied. Jesus was wealthy in this place. He was wealthy in this life, but he became poor on purpose. He paid a price and a sacrifice for you and I so that we wouldn't have to. And when we allow, now why would he do that? Because he loves you and he wants to get wealth into you because he wants the people around you to be blessed. Now, how does that work? Are you supposed to feed everybody around you? No. No, he gives you an abundance of wealth so that he can establish the good news in the earth. So he'll give us wealth so we can send the gospel all around and get this good news to him. Not only can they be born again and come to an intimate fellowship with God, but they can also receive uh, the prosperity of the good news and walk in it and not live at a low place all of their life. And when they start to rise up, no matter where they've come from, no matter who they've been, no matter what their family was, this good news will work for anybody who applies it. And the beauty of it is he gives us an ability to actually apply this no matter where we're at right now. In other words, you can have not one penny in your pocket and his promises will work for you just like the guy who's got $10 million in his pocket. The promises work and immediately anybody at any level can start to increase. That's the beauty of his love and his mercy. And that's that's how he designed it so that nobody, it doesn't matter if you're smart or not smart. doesn't matter if you're poor or rich. It ma makes no difference. You just start to apply this and you will increase. You will go up. And so God's system is not to just give one person a whole bunch of money and that person feeds everybody. Because why? Here's what would happen. That person would then become their source. They would look to that person as their source and not God. No, what God does is he gives a person a wealth. That person then sows into the foolishness of the gospel preach. And if a preacher is preaching correctly, that good news and gospel will start to cause wealth to come into the people's lives. We've seen it all over the church. I've watched people who came from a business background go up in their finance. I've watched people who came in with not a cent to their name. They had no home. They had no car. They had no job. And I've watched God start pouring wealth into their life. It works from A to Z because it is God's word and God's way. So he'll give you wealth and then you support the gospel like many people. Many people, as they're watching the broadcast, they're like, I've got to support what God's doing. There's good news that's going out. What they're, what they're giving uh, on Lunch Plus, it's helping people. It's raising their joy. It's giving them good news. It's giving them the word to live by. And, and so they'll say, I want to support that. God gives us wealth to support the good news going out. All right, now, you look at John 10 and verse 10. He says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He only comes for one thing. Jesus said, and remember, Jesus is not just speaking for himself. He's also speaking for the heart of the Father. And he says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. 
in the Amplified, it says, to the full, have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. See, this is God's design, that his blessing in wealth, in health, will fill us so full that our cup overflows. Go back to Psalm 23. Our cup overflows into the lives of other people. So God wants us to be wealthy and prosperous. He wants us to be blessed in finances and every other area of life because he loves us and he loves the people that are around us. Now, let's look here and go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and I want you to see verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and I want us just to focus on verse 8 for a second. This is the end result. He says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that all ways, having all sufficiency... In everything, what's the end, what's the end game? What's the end result here? The end result is that you may have an abundance for every good deed. All right. So, and the King James says, an abundance for every good work. Now, two things I want you to see here is abundance gives us the ability to do the work of the kingdom. Abundance gives us the ability to do every good deed that God would ever call us to. Every good deed. Abundance gives us that, but it's our job to move into abundance. And this whole passage here tells us how to. But what I want you to see is he wants us to have an abundance. Now listen, an abundance is different from a living. An abundance is different from just getting by. And an abundance has a purpose. An abundance is there to do every good work that God would tell us to do. An abundance is there to help other people do every good work that God has has told them to do. An abundance has a purpose. Put that in the comments. An abundance has a purpose. An abundance has a purpose. An abundance has a purpose and An abundance is different from having my needs met. An abundance is different from just getting by. An abundance is different from just having my bills paid. Like if you go back to Deuteronomy 28, you see that God says in his blessing, he wants you to be the the lender and not the borrower, right? He wants you to be the lender and not the borrower. So what does that mean? That means my job, and I should be believing God, that the blessing of the Lord, it's going to put me in a position where I don't borrow. No, I'm the lender. Now, let me ask you a question. If you don't have an abundance, can you lend? You have nothing to lend. By definition, when he told us the blessing is causing you to be the lender and not the borrower, he was saying, I want you blessed in abundance. Abundance is all throughout, you know, all throughout the Bible. Think about Jesus when he tells them to throw the net on the other side. What happens? Do they get just enough to meet their needs? No, there's so much, so many fish in the net. The net starts to break. The boat starts to sink. The partner's boat starts to sink. I mean, he blessed them abundantly. This, you see this over and over and over and over in the Bible. He blessed them abundantly. In Genesis 26, 
Isaac, Isaac is blessed in a year of famine so abundantly that the neighbors actually come and say, you're too powerful for us. One man is more powerful than the whole city he was around. He said, they said, you're too powerful. You're going to have to move. That's abundance. That's an abundance. It says uh, in Galatians 3, those that are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Blessed with faithful Abraham. It says this about Abraham. And Abraham was very rich in cattle and livestock and gold. He was very rich in every way. And And in Galatians 3 says, you're blessed in the same way. So you've got to get this in you that God is calling you to increase. And if you don't get it in you, you're not actually using what he's put in you because he wants you to get to the place of abundance so you can do every good work. See, now watch this. What's going to happen... Amen. What's going to happen when we get up to heaven and God says, hey, listen, why didn't you uh, build that church building? Uh, What church building? Well, the church that you go to, why didn't you pay for that church building? What are you talking about, Lord? That church building would have cost you $1.5 million. I never had $1.5 million in my lifetime. He said, no, 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 no. He said, you did. Because I've granted everything pertaining to life and godliness to you. My word says so. And I called you to have an abundance and I gave you the measure of faith. And I gave you everything through Christ to have an abundance and believe me and go after and and receive the power to get wealth. And I called you to build that building and to pay for it so the gospel could go out. Why didn't you do that? I never knew. I never knew that. I never knew I could have that. But but my beloved, you know, my child, it was in my word the whole time. I said I wanted you to have an abundance for every good day. Why did you not apply faith to that? Now see, in that day, there's many people that are going to be really embarrassed and they're not going to want that testimony because it, the Bible tells us that we are going to be rewarded for the things that we did good. But it, we're going to be rewarded according to the good that we did. And if we had something that was given to us, that means it was required of us to apply it and grow it. And we stand in front. See, you're not going to be standing in front of your pastor on Judgment Day. You're going to be standing in front of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's going to say, I've required this of you because I gave you this ability. Why did you not believe me for increase? Well, I, I, I didn't want to be a part of that prosperity gospel. And he says, my gospel is prosperity. That's why it's the good news. You let a preacher tell you and talk you out of what my word said? You know, and so we get to the place where it's like we've got to learn to humble ourselves to what the Bible says, not to what other people or a corrupted world is teaching us. Right. And then uh, when you go over and it says, I want you to be the lender and not the bar. He says, look, and, and you know, stand in front of Jesus. He may say, I told you I want you to be the lender and not the borrower. That means abundance. He said, I wanted you, you know, to be blessed. In the field, blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going in, blessed coming out. I wanted you to be above and not beneath, the head and not the tail. Blessed in your livestock, blessed in your home. He said, I, my, my word to you was blessed, blessed. 
And, and then we'll say, well, I didn't want to be one of those weird Christians. He's like, look, I called you to be in the world, but not of the world. You were receiving your, your stuff based off of what people thought, but not about what I thought. See, we've got to get this in us to the place where we are operating in an abundance all the time to do every good work. And, and he wants us to move to these places. Now, let me show you something. Many people think that the abundance comes from when the tithe, but that's not so. Abundant, the tithe opens up the abundance, but the abundance actually comes from our offerings over and above the tithe. Now, if you go back to that verse I was talking about before in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9 and verse 8, it says and it shows you there that by grace you will have all grace. Let me read it to you. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. So what I want you to see here is the grace of God opens up to us through Jesus Christ. And here's what I want you to see about the tithe. Go over here to Malachi 3. And you know, verse 8 and 9, it says, Will a man rob God? And he says, But you're robbing me. How are, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? So the tithe, if anybody doesn't know, you're just coming in into church or just studying the word for the first time, the tithe is 10% of your increase, and it goes to the storehouse of God, or it goes to the place where God has planted you. Okay, And so the tithe goes there, and it's 10% of your increase. Now, but the issue is, he says, you didn't just rob me in the tithe, you robbed me in the offering. An offering is anything given that you purpose in your heart over and above that 10%. So somebody could, you know, take their increase. Let's say they increase this week $100. 10% of that would be $10. That would be their tithe. So if they, they wrote on their envelope, well, I'm given $5 in tithe and $5 in offering, and that's not actually true. They're, they're writing it wrong. Uh, it's actually the whole $10 was just the tithe and there was no offering. But if they gave $11, that would be $10 of tithe, and the dollar over the tithe is offering. And so that would be their offering. But then I want you to see this. Verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing until it overflows... And then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All nations will call you blessed and you'll be a delightful land. And so what do we see on the tithe? The tithe actually will open up the windows. Well, what do we do with windows? We look out of them. In other words, the tithe connects us to the covenant. Another thing to know about the tithe is the tithe is not ours. Uh, the Lord says in the Bible that the tithe is holy and it's his. 
In other words, if we hold on to it, we're really stealing it from them. Our job is to say, Lord, I recognize where this came from. I recognize that this is yours, and I hand you this tithe uh, back to you. This is yours. I'm honoring you because I realize that you have blessed me. Right. And when we do that, he starts opening up the doors of the windows of heaven and the doors and we can see what we need to do. And he opens up. I'll, let me put it this way. He opens up vision and opportunity. And then he de, he rebukes the devourer. In other words, you know how you've been working before and and maybe not been a tither. And all of a sudden it's like you you keep going forward. You keep going forward. But every time you go forward, you go backwards. Jesus says and the Lord says here, when you tithe, he said, I'll rebuke the devourer. He's not going to eat up all the fruit of your labor. He's not going to eat all that stuff up. This is what the tithe does. But the offering, go back now to 2 Corinthians 9, the offering opens up the abundance. So the tithe opens up vision, opportunity, and, and rebukes the, uh, the stealing away. But the offering opens up abundance. And you can see this in these verses, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through uh, 12. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 12. You can see that in the offering, that's when you purpose in your heart to do something. This is something where I make a choice to be a, a sower, and it's not just something God told me to do, like the tithe or a certain amount. No, I decide I want to do this. It's not the Lord's. I'm not stealing it from him if I keep it, keep it back in that way. I decide I want to do this, and I decide how much I want to, and I can decide what ground to place it in. You know, we should be given tithes and offerings to the place, the church where God has planted us. But not all offerings just go to the church. They should go to evangelists. They should go to prophets. They should go to ministries that are doing work around the world. They should they should go to uh, orphan orphanages. They should go to different places. Tithes go to your church, go to the storehouse. But the offering can go to any ministry that is doing the the work of God and spreading the gospel. Now, let me just give you a clue. Good ground is kingdom work. Good ground is not just a good work. Okay. So many times there's charities that we know of in the world, but they're not making God the source and they're not promoting God. That's a chair. That's a worldly charity, but it's not a kingdom offering place. That is not an offering. Uh, that is a place where you can sow seed, but the truth is uh, you might not receive an abundance back. And I want you to sow where there's an abundance. The place where you plan an offering is always involved in advancing the kingdom. Yeah, buddy said that's a donation, but not a seed. And you're not promised any return on that. But when we give an offering over and above the tithe, then all of a sudden God says, look, I will multiply the seeds on. Let's just read these and then let me show you how to do it. God, there's, I could take probably a whole nother week and, and diagnose this and show you some stuff, but I'm not, I'm just trying to get you the basic revelation of supernatural abundance getting into your life. He says, now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do, each one must do just as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion or under pressure. For God loves a cheerful 
giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. It says, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. What he's saying in that verse is, when you take what you have and you scatter it for the purposes of God, God can move in abundance into your life. Verse 10 Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but it's also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. In other words, what you will see is that when we apply this, it's going to produce thanksgiving in your life because it will produce a harvest. And speaking of harvest, go back to verse 10. At the end of verse 10, it says this, He will multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So what you see here is this. Everybody who is righteous, and that means everybody who's born again, does not have the same harvest. Just because you're righteous doesn't mean that you automatically receive a harvest. No, he says your righteousness will open up the door so that you will do the things you need to do to increase the harvest. Right. So many times what people are doing is they're expecting that I get born again and it's just magic. It just all of a sudden it's just magic. No, God gives us the power to get wealth. He gives us the power to get it. In other words, we'll be empowered not for it to magically happen. Our what we do with our hands, the getting we're empowered in the getting of it. In other words, he'll show us something that's supernatural wisdom. He'll give us supernaturally the power to get it. In other words, many times people are just waiting on God to make it happen and pour it out because they've not divided the word of truth in Malachi correctly. They just think, this: all right, I'm going to tithe and it's going to be magic. No, I'm going to tithe. That's going to open up vision and opportunity and stop the devil from stealing from me. But then I purpose in my heart something I didn't have to do. How's it coming out of? Lord, I love you. I want to give to what you count important. I want to give to what you count important. I love you and I purpose in my heart to be a sower. And God says, look, there's somebody who's purposed in their heart to be a sower. Get seed in his hand. Get seed in their hand. Then they'll take that seed and plant it and it will supernaturally start to come up into a harvest and increase a abundant harvest in their life. And so if you look at these verses and you look at the end result, in verse 12 it says you'll have a manifestation that will bring about thanksgiving, right? But if you look in verse 10, backing up, how do we get to that manifestation? In verse 10 it says, I'll increase the harvest of your righteousness. Righteousness affords you a foundation, a blessing. But you must do something to build that harvest on top of that righteousness. All right. How do we increase the harvest? In verse 10, 
He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. In other words, I'll increase the harvest by giving you the seed to sow. All right. How will he give us the seed to sow? Now, now just watch this. Will I have a harvest and will I have an abundance if I don't sow seed? No, not according to the will of God. So are we talking about the tithe here? We talk about the offering. We're talking about the offering. So if I don't become a sower of offerings into the kingdom of God, I have no promise for abundance. I have no promise for abundance. It's in the offering that the abundance comes over and above the tithe. But here's the beauty of it. Do you have to have it in your hand when you purpose it in your heart? No, you don't have to have it in your hand at all. You don't have to have you don't have to have anything in your hand. You just say, Lord, with all your heart, Lord, I'm going to be a sower. I love you. I trust you. I believe in you. I believe in your gospel. I believe in your good news. I'm going to sow seed into your gospel in an offering. And, and I ask you, Lord, for that seed, I purpose in my heart and I know that you are going to put seed. You're going to supply seed to the sower. And that's me because I purposed in my heart to be a sower. Now, watch this. That doesn't mean you got it in the bank now. It means that God will give it to you supernaturally as you purpose it in your heart. When you decide, I'm going to be a sower, God will give you supernatural seed. You know, when we have our offering time here at the church, every adult gets an offering envelope. Every adult, adult gets an offering envelope. I was thinking envelope and I said a dope. <laughs> every adult gets an offering envelope, right? And what happens is, even if they came in and they had no idea about sowing, they had no idea about seed time and harvest, we give every adult an offering envelope. That envelope cost us something like 20, 25 cents a piece to hand to them, right? Well, that may not seem like much, they, but it, here's the thing. We give them that envelope. It puts something tangible in their hands that does have a value to it. Now they can doodle on that envelope. They can, they can draw pictures. They can, they can crumple it up and throw it away. They can, or they can take that envelope and even empty. They can say, Lord, I didn't come prepared to give today, but I'm, I'm purposing in my heart to be a sower today. And, and right now this church has given me seed to sow back. It's worth only a few cents, but that few cents combined with a heart to give, a heart to sow can kickstart my finances today. And I'm believing you for it. This is an envelope that they won't have to print again. They won't have to, they won't have to print another one. It might be worth just a few cents, but listen, the biggest offering that's, that's uh, recorded in the Bible besides Jesus financially recorded is the woman with the two mites. And, and Jesus said, she's given more than everybody else. Those two pennies basically was a bigger offering. It's not about the amount. It's about the heart. We've got to purpose in ourselves to be a bountiful and cheerful giver. Lord, I'm giving you me. And basically what we're saying is, Lord, whatever you tell me to give, I'll give. I don't care if it's a penny or if it's an envelope or if it's $10 million. I don't care. I give you me because I know that when I sow into your kingdom, it will bring about an abundance. 
See, when we purpose in our heart to give cheerfully and give in abundance, give bountifully, when we purpose, God says, I'm going to give you seed supernaturally over and above your normal budget. See, we're not talking about just in your budget. We're talking about believing God for a supernatural seed. Nicole and I, uh, we decided some years ago, Lord, we're believing you for a monthly budget of sowing, a monthly offering. So we, we prayed for that. Lord, we want to give something to you. We started with giving like $30 a month. That was it. We had our tithe and we gave $30 a month. Well, that thing now has multiplied over 30 or 40 times what we do each month. 30 or 40 times, but we started, we're not talking about, you know, 25 years ago. We're talking about like 10 years ago, you know, maybe, maybe 12 or 13. And we start and God just kept multiplying. He kept multiplying that. So every month now we believed God, Lord, we're going to sow this amount. Lord, we're asking you for seed. He kept giving us seed. And now the seed started to grow. And then all of a sudden after the seed started to grow, then what else grows when you plant more seed? The harvest grows and he moved us to the place of abundance. And that's where he wants everybody to be. The abundance is in the offering and the abundance of the offering is in what you purposed in your heart. So the key to this is simply saying, Lord, I want to be a sower. I want to be a sower in your kingdom. And, and yeah, Lord, I need abundance. You know, some people start at that place. I had a guy, a friend of mine, he didn't even believe in any of this. He said, but I need something because what I'm doing is not working. He was even mad. He was throwing it in. This is not the right way to be, but he was just starting out and God had mercy on him. He throws in $10 and that week God multiplied it. <laughs> he multiplied it a hundredfold. He got an, he got a, he was blessed with a thousand dollars just that week. And, and, you know, there's different time attached to each seed. You know, you've got some plants that come up, you know, a few days after you plant them. You've got other plants that are in the ground for years. There's different time. But the, it was funny because he planted $10. The Lord talks about a hundredfold return. And he received a hundred times that uh, that week. And he was like, I was even mad, but that caught my attention. <laughs> he said, oh, man, this thing works, you know. Priscilla just put on there, you know, she just gave an offering of, I, I, I think everybody saw it on there, it was like $25. But what she said was, I started with pennies. And that's true. That's true. God, when you purpose in your heart to be a sower, God will increase you and he will bless you. So the key is being being molded in God's hands. Lord, what do you want me to give? I love you. I trust you. I'm given to you and your kingdom. <clears throat> and this is supernatural. What does this do? Excuse me. Is this available to anybody at any level? Yeah. Anybody at any level. Even if they don't have anything right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. If they don't have anything, they can purpose in their heart and God will get seed in their hand. Amen. Excuse me. Scratch. If they don't have anything right now, if they came up on the wrong side of the tracks, if they can just say, Lord, I'm purposing in my heart. I want to give to you. 
I want to give to you. And I want to give to you. I want to sow into you. Lord, I love you. I, I thank you for what you've given to me. I know that without you, I would have no good thing in my life. And I want to honor you. You know, your word shows us the chief expression of love. For God so loved that he gave. Love gives. And when we become like God, we give. And God says this, if you can't get finances and spiritual kingdom finances under control, he said, how am I going to give you the true riches? He calls, he calls finances a small thing. And he says, but how am I going to give you the true riches of the kingdom? How am I going to do that if you can't get this small thing right? And so much of the church has never learned how to be good sowers, and they're mad when they give, they're, they don't want to give, or they hold back what they're giving. And the truth is, they're never going to go on to, like what we were talking about before, the gifts of the Spirit and the supernatural power of the world to come. They're not going to operate in that because they've not overcome a penny. They've not overcome a dollar bill. How are they going to move into the supernatural authority that God wants them to operate in if they can't even get authority over that dollar? But when we get authority over it and when we turn our heart... See, and people should, should give not because somebody gives a good offering message. Like today, you may feel emotional about this message, but I don't want you to give because it's an emotional message. I want you to give because you and the Lord are talking together about what you should give. And you're giving not out of compulsion, not out of pressure. Matter of fact, if you feel under pressure, don't. Don't give. Please don't. And that, that's actually the wrong way to give. But if you're sitting there and you're saying, no, you know what? Lord, I want to give to you. I love you. You've given me so much. I want to honor you. Second Samuel uh, chapter or first Samuel two chapter thirty or chapter two verse thirty says God said those who honor me I will honor. See finances and sowing go straight into that. God wants you to have the power to get wealth. He wants you to have abundance for every good work. He wants you to move in this to be the lender and not the borrower. He wants you to be the head and not the tail of your bank account. But he can't do it if we won't line up with the way that he gave us. He gave us a way to move into abundance no matter where we have been or where we're coming from. We just have to do it his way. And so when we say, Lord, I submit to you. Lord, I yield to your way. Lord, I, I might not have ever liked tithing. I might not have ever liked the offering. I might not have ever liked any part of that. But I see that it's not just preacher's way. This is your way. It's in your word. And so, Lord, I yield myself to you. And I move into an abundance for every good work. I, I want to increase the harvest of my righteousness today. I don't want to bury talents. I don't want to stand in front of you and you ask me where is the, the good deeds and the work and I don't have anything to show you. I want to move into that. So, Lord, I ask you, show me today what you want me to sow. And I purpose in my heart right now to sow that seed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace for every good work. Let it abound to me. Lord, I just ask right now, let your grace abound to every person that's seen this. Take them to abundance. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Father. I see that. Lord, today, people that are hearing this message, you're putting a call on their life to move into great wealth 
to finance the kingdom going forward. Lord, it's no small thing. You have great plans for people that are hearing this message. Thank you for telling that and sharing that with me, Father. And I just share it with you all. Lord, thank you. The people that are hearing this, God's calling you to go higher. There's many people that have been given the opportunity to move into abundance and increase the harvest of their righteousness. And because of worldly logic and corruption, they've fought it and they've not yielded to the word of truth. Lord, let us be the people that will yield to your word. Let us be the people that will yield to your ways. Your ways are holy. Lord, we see them as holy. And Lord, as a part of that, we become sowers. We purpose in our heart to sow. And Lord, we will be the ones operating in abundance for every good work. I just hear that specifically on a couple of people. You're getting it today. Lord, I will be that one that will move in abundance for every good work. If that's you, put it in the comments. I will be that one. I will be one of the ones who moves in abundance to do every good work for the kingdom. I will be. That's me who you're talking to. I'm I'm receiving it. I will be that one. Say it with your mouth, put it in the comments, but commit to yield to what the Holy Spirit's putting in your heart today and watch how he'll take you to new levels. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. There's an anointing for a breakthrough in your thinking today to be that. There's an anointing to move you into the next role, to move you into the next level, to not leave you the same. But see, we've got to yield. When that anointing is there, we have to yield to it. And I'm not just talking about what you're giving today. I'm talking about a heart change. I'm talking about, Lord, I'll be that person. I'm yielded to you in my finances. I'm yielded to you in my heart. I'm yielded to you. And I receive that word that you're saying. I will be one of those. Those moving in abundance, the lender and not the borrower, the head and not the tail in my finances. In Jesus' name, I will be a a sower into the kingdom of God. And I will be in abundance for it, not just a little bit. Thank you, Lord. I receive that as well, Lord. I will be. Nicole and I will be one of those in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you receive that, shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. You know, it's a funny thing. uh, When you talk about finances, it really weeds out who's serious and who's not. Very quickly, it weeds it out. Um, and and I, I've actually found that that is actually a good thing because it helps keep people in unity. And it helps keep that anointing flowing. I could sense, you know, sometimes people will listen to messages. And uh, sometimes people will listen to messages and uh, they just don't receive it because they've been taught wrong things. They believed wrong things. And uh, finances is one of those things uh, that really quickly uh, filters through what people actually believe when you start talking about. It. Because now, here's the issue. You're talking about, about they think, here's a big key. They think you're talking about taking away something that they love. Now, they might not would say that they love it, but the issue is you're talking about taking away what's mine, 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 mine. And, uh, but what they don't realize is, and see now for the people that are hanging out to the end, you're getting one of the best keys you can get. Here's what you don't realize. 
We're not talking about taking away what you already have. We're, we're talking about God gives seed to the sower. He gives seed over and above what you already had. We're not talking about taking away. We're talking about he adds to before you even plant it. This is, this is how this works. It's one of the biggest keys. But see, it's hard to see that if you've got the wrong heart towards giving. You can't see that unless you get that heart right on the giving. This is one of the revelations on it. It's so big and so important. So amen. Father, right now, for every person that is sowing today, whether they hear this live or in an archive or at any point, Lord, our job as ministers of the gospel is to receive uh, the seed to advance the kingdom of God, advance the gospel. Lord, uh, just like we're, we're sowing this broadcast into the world, it takes money, it takes effort, it takes resources. You know, and so, Lord, there needs, there's a price to be paid to get the gospel out. We commit to sowing that, and we're believing you for that input, for that, for that seed to sow into the world. We're believing you for that seed today, even at Lunch Plus, to get this good news out to the world. But, Father, we just thank you for people that are saying, look, I want to be a part of that. I want to partner with that. I want to partner with that. You know, you, you know, Lord, I just ask that you would bless them. Lord, bless them. Our job as ministers is to receive their seed and to bless it. Lord, I call every penny and every heart to sow blessed in Jesus' name. Let it be multiplied, pressed down, shaken together, and running over in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let it be blessed supernaturally. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for every person that sowed today, every person that's given anything. Or, Lord, we thank you for any heart that's simply changed on finances today, that's grown in, a, in their knowledge and understanding of abundance. Thank you, Lord. That's a good gift. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I declare breakthrough, let it be supernaturally, supernaturally quick and multiplied in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. And I'll tell you, if you want to partner with uh, What's Right and Lunch Plus and what we're doing, uh, you can go to, uh, you can go to give www.org. It's right there on the screen. You can go to giveww.org and you can choose recurring. And if you choose recurring, you can, you can partner financially with us as often as you like and make that say, I want this to be a regular thing. I want it to go in. You can choose right there to do that. And uh, if God's leading you to do that, if he's leading you to do that, we encourage you to do that. And we thank you and we thank the Lord for you. And we're praying and lifting you up and we love you. So this was supernatural abundance. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about how to be completely filled in your life and supernaturally empowered. How to be completely this revelation on supernatural filling and supernatural power to walk in it all the time, every day, every second of every day, in every place. A supernatural filling and empowerment is what we're talking about tomorrow. We'll look forward to seeing you. I'm going to pass it to Buddy. I love you. Have a great, great day. And uh, thank you for joining with us today. Share the broadcast if you haven't done it yet. Here's Buddy. 
Hey guys, that was a powerful broadcast. I know Pastor just did it like two seconds ago, but make sure you share this broadcast because there are people who need to hear this word. Uh, God's people need to flow in supernatural abundance because when God's people are flowing in abundance, I'm telling you, the world's going to change. The world's going to shift. Uh, so guys, make sure you share that broadcast. But hey, we have an awesome broadcast for you tomorrow. Tomorrow at 11 30, make sure you join us uh, to, uh, tomorrow at 11.30 for the Lunch Plus broadcast because I'm telling you, Fridays are my favorite days. You want to know why? Because the price is right is going to be tomorrow. That's my, my, pretty much my favorite segment. And we also have What's Right Academy. It's going to be awesome. Guys, we love you. We will see you tomorrow morning at 11.30 for Lunch Plus. We love you. We'll see you then. Bye, guys.